So we got a good NFL uh, matchup tonight, two three and one teams. I think the Buccaneers get it done. Um, Bears, you know, got kind of exposed last week in their game. Nick Foles, you know, looked average. Um, but it ought to be a decent game as long as the Bears can keep, um, you know, their their defense can keep them in the game. Uh, but Tom's been good already. You know, he struggled that first game, but since then he's been pretty good. The Bears got a great receiver in Allen Robinson. Um, so I, I'm looking forward to the game tonight. I think it'll be a pretty good one. It's in Chicago, um, you know, Soldier, Soldier Field, Thursday night football. I know some of you sometimes think, oh, Thursday night football games are kind of a wash. They're fun, man. They're fun. They're they're interesting. Um, even if it's a bad a couple of bad teams playing, they're you know they're fun to uh, watch a game a team that might be on a short week, having to prepare, travel, do all that. Um, but I think the the Buccaneers definitely get it done tonight. Um, you know we'll we'll kind of talk a little bit more tomorrow about some of the NFL games going on this weekend. I'll give you my picks tomorrow on who I think is going to win this weekend. I did pretty well last week. Um, you know, I think this week's games might be a little bit easier to pick on paper. Well, I mean, but teams got to show up, right? Obviously. But yes, Buccaneers, Bears tonight. I've got the Buccaneers in that. Um, I think the Buccaneers win by two touchdowns. Um, I just don't think the uh, Nick Foles and, and company can keep up. Look for Allen Robinson of the Bears to have a pretty good game against the uh, Buccaneers secondary. But hey, Buccaneers will get it done. They'll win by two touchdowns. Uh, and that's, you know, I'm sticking to it. A <laughs> uh, little bit of baseball action going on right now. We got the uh, Atlanta Braves winning 7 to nothing, um, Going into the seventh inning with the Miami Marlins, they can close that series out today. I think the Braves are the better team in that. I think it's going to be the Braves and the uh, Dodgers at the end of it, um, you know, battling it out for the NL. I think the Dodgers will get it done tonight and beat the, the Padres. Padres are fun to watch. The young team, they were jawing at the Dodgers last night. Uh, those teams just don't like each other. Um, but, but hey, you know, the Dodgers will probably get it done tonight and win 3-0. Atlanta's going to win 3-0 today, and uh, it's going to be a good series. Going into the NL, um, the, the NL championship, uh, Oakland and, and Houston, um, you know, Oakland's up 3 to nothing right now. They were kind of trying to come back. They were It was pretty worrisome if you're an A's fan um, where they were at a, just a couple days ago, but they're trying to even that series back up um, and tie it 2-2. Uh, to two. And, um, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that are hoping they do just because of uh, what's gone on in Houston. Uh, Rays and Yankees tonight. Tampa Bay's up 2-1 to one now. Uh, we'll see if the Yankees' bats can, can keep them in it. I think whoever wins the NL will, will definitely win. I've got the Dodgers winning the whole thing, but I think it's going to be the NL. Whoever gets out of the NL is going to win the uh, World Series this year. Um, I just think it's a stronger league, um, especially with a shortened season. Better pitching, I think some, some more quality hitting. Um, and, yes, I'm even saying over the Yankees with their lineup they have. Um, but Oakland beating Houston 3 to nothing right now, and then Tampa Bay and New York. Tampa Bay will try to close the series out tonight. Um, I could see the Yankees getting their bats ready and, and, and really teeing off on the uh, uh, Rays tonight and getting the win. You know, the Yankees need to win it. I, I really thought that series might be the one that goes the whole five games. Um, Oakland-Houston, you know, I, I thought Oakland actually would beat them. I thought it would be flip-flop, but Houston's done well. Um, but, hey, L.A. will get it done tonight. 
we'll be on to the next round, you know, and I'm looking forward to it. Baseball is back. It's fun. You know, playoff baseball is energetic. These guys are jawing at each other, you know, homers, good pitching, um, just all of it. So the Braves, man, I mean, they're, they're the team to kind of watch out for right now because they ain't giving up no runs. <laughs> Their pitching staff has just been really, really good right now, even in that red, or that red series. So watch out for the Braves if you're L.A., they're on fire right now, and their pitching is doing really well, and they're hitting the ball well, too. So it'll be a good little matchup. I think uh, it'll be the Braves and the uh, Dodgers, and that's going to be a pretty good little matchup there. So looking forward to that. So make sure uh, you're tuning in tonight. If you're if you're a baseball fan, uh, if your teams are playing, uh, you got the uh, obviously the Oakland and Houston game going on right now, Atlanta, Miami, but you've got New York Yankees and Tampa Bay Rays you got the Dodgers and the Padres um, in the nightcap. So make sure you are tuning in there. Make sure you're tuning in to Thursday Night Football. Uh, again, tomorrow we will have, or I'll have all my picks um, for the football games that are coming up. I'll preview a little bit of a Red River uh, rivalry that's going on on Saturday. You know, that big game between OU and Texas. The Sooners desperately need that win. Um, but yes, we'll preview NFL games. I'll make my picks and we will talk some college football and we will talk a little NBA because, Hey, guess what? NBA finals game number, uh, game number five, the Lakers have the chance to close it out in the black mama jerseys. Right. And, uh, you know, we're going to, we're going to preview that a little bit and, uh, talk about that tomorrow. So listeners, thank you so much for being here with me today. I know it was a bit of a shortened podcast, um, but, uh, you know, I hope that you have a great rest of your Thursday. Enjoy the evening. Enjoy watching the games tonight. And we will talk to you tomorrow. See ya. What's up, everybody? And welcome to the Turning Point Podcast today. It's been a wonderful Thursday. I hope you are having a great one as well. We've got a few things to talk about today, um, and I'm looking forward to today's podcast. So I want to start today's podcast by talking about something that a Dallas, um, the Dallas Cowboys it's some uh, <clears throat> comments that were made today that I just thought were kind of wild, right? I mean, it's coming from a professional football player who makes millions of dollars to play the game that he loves, and he's talking about effort. <laughs> and I was kind of taken back by it, and it just kind of shows what Dallas's mentality has been over the last few weeks and the beginning of the season. But basically, this this uh, player, Xavier Woods, right? He's a safety. He's a pretty big-time safety for the Cowboys. Um, one of their better players, if you could even say. And their guys are very good on the back end of the defense. But Xavier Woods said this. Um, he said, our effort's been good. I mean, on certain plays, some guys, I mean, me included, there may be a lack, but overall, the effort is there. I mean, you don't expect. Here's the kicker. You don't expect we're in the NFL. You don't expect guys full speed for 70 plays. That's not possible. But you're going to push all you can. 
I mean, we know you don't expect a backside corner to make a play on the opposite side. If he's running full speed the whole time, it's just not possible, to be honest. But the fact that he said this, okay, this is this is his his job, all right, and I and 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 I get it. But he makes a million he makes millions of dollars a year to play the game he loves. It's quote unquote his job. It's like you going to work, sitting there, and saying, well, saying to your boss, well, you can't expect me to get my work done every day, right? You can't expect me to you know do everything with all of my effort, all day, every day. Your boss is probably going to laugh at you and say, you know what, we'll just find somebody that can. <laughs> I mean, we've all been in that situation before, but he literally says this. You don't expect, we're in the NFL, you don't expect guys full speed for 70 plays. You know, I played sports growing up, you know, pretty much my whole entire life. I've been around sports. I watch it all the time. I, I listen to things. I, I've seen quotes. You can't sit here and tell me that as a young player in the game or, you know, even um, just training and everything that you that you do leading up to, um, let's just say Sundays in this instance for for football in the NFL, but you do all of these things, right? And what do you train your body to do? To play at full speed. That's what you do. For, for what I take in this is that he's out of shape, right? That's what you are paid to do. You are paid to make plays. You are paid to not give plays off. Those are the guys in the NFL that don't win. Guys that take plays off. You know, when, when I think of someone like a Richard Sherman in his heyday, he's still a pretty good corner. He's hurt right now. He's still a pretty good corner. He had a good year for, with his uh, with the San Francisco 49ers last season. But you can't tell me when they were good in Seattle, when he was there with the Legion of Boom defense, okay? You can't sit here and tell me that that guy didn't go full speed every single play because he did. Richard Sherman coming into the league, you know, a lot of people were like, okay, well, he might be okay. You know, he's kind of tall. He's not very fast, yada, yada, yada. But that guy played full speed, right? You can't tell me Ray Lewis took plays off. That's why he was a winner, guys. That's why he was a winner. Ray Lewis played at full speed all the time. So if I'm a Cowboys fan and I'm seeing stuff like this, I'm like, well, why don't you just go out and get somebody else that will play full speed a whole game? Those are excuses. That's why Dallas is literally 1-3 right now. That's why Dallas hasn't won Super Bowls in like 25 years, right? It's because of that mentality. Well, I can take a playoff here and there. You can't expect me to play full speed all game long. You can expect me to take out of those 70, 15, 20 plays off. No, because the play you take off is the play that you fell miserably, right? One guy takes off on the defense, a playoff on the defense, then you're going to give up a touchdown. It's just bound to happen. You're going to up, give up a big gain. I just, I mean, I just can't wrap my mind around why in the world a guy would say this. As an athlete, a guy that de that that desires to win, right? He's got to. He's an athlete. He plays football, right? You don't just go into the game thinking I I'm just want to lose and, and make my no. You want to win. But for him to say that you can't expect me to play full speed seventy plays is just a travesty, right? It's just like a slap in the face to all the defenders over the years that have played full speed 
that have done everything they could to give to the game. Now that they're retired, that their bodies are aching, right? They have a hard time, you know, living uh, life physically because they're hurting, right? And this guy's going to go off. It's like a slap in the face, man. And that is the reason why Dallas is one and three. That is the reason. They have a guy, and he may not be the only one on the team. I get it. But they have a guy that is literally okay with saying, I'm going to take plays off during a game. I'm going to be on the field 70 times. And I'm going to take a play off here. I'm going to take a play off there. Well, that means that your job is not being done. That means that you're willing to give up big plays. That's will That means you're willing to give up touchdowns. That's why Dallas isn't going to win a Super Bowl, people. I've seen so many people talking about Dallas at the beginning of the year. Oh, they're a Super Bowl contender. It's the same thing every year, man. There are teams that win, and you know are going to win because you see the effort on the field. You see the guys getting better. You see the guys playing for one another, right? But then you see these teams that you're just like are never going to get over the hump because they just cannot understand what the game is about. If I'm a player, man, if I'm playing a game, I want to win. You don't want to lose. You don't play the game to lose. But that's a loser's mentality. You can't expect me to play 70 plays in a game full speed. Come on, man. There's safeties all over the league. If I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan right now, I'm saying get rid of him. If he wants to act like that, if he wants to say something like that, I don't want him on, a, on my team. I'm, I'm sure there's some teammates that weren't very happy about that statement. There has to be. There has to be some accountability in that. You know, Tony Jefferson right now, who's a very good safety, is just sitting there waiting for a team to pick him up. I guarantee you he's hungry to play, right? Earl Thomas is a guy that obviously has been talked about being a bad teammate over the last little while, really wanted to go to the Cowboys a couple years ago, who's sitting there, you know, maybe waiting to get to get picked up. Man, how do, you, how do you just go about your day and be like, okay, well, that's cool. He said that. You don't, man. You can't. Eric Berry is another guy that's available. I mean, so you see what I'm saying. It's just, it's crazy. If I'm Dallas, I'm saying if you don't want to play, then I'm not going to keep you. You can go find another job. It's just crazy, man. It's just crazy. I, I just thought about that, and I was like, man, that's got to be a slap to the face of someone like a Ray Lewis, right? who gave his entire life to playing football, won Super Bowls, right? Guys like that. It's just, it, it's, it's wild to me. Um, there was a quote in here by linebacker Joe Thomas, who plays for Dallas, and he, he said this. He said, that uh, criticism is outside the building noise. It doesn't really affect us inside the building. If there was an effort issue, it would have been addressed inside the building. I don't think that's... That was the issue at all. Well, obviously it is, brother. <laughs> it is an issue. There is a lack of effort. If you have a guy willing to go on camera and say something like, I'm not going to, you can't expect me to play 70 plays full effort. That's a loser's mentality. Something's wrong, right? It's just communication. He says, when we're all on the same page and we all know what's going on, we play faster and it looks a lot better. No, you have guys that are willing to say, I'm not going to give a full effort. That's crazy, man. That's crazy. I heard that today, and I was like, are you kidding me? And that's why I wanted to open with it today, because at the end of the day, as an athlete, having that mentality, that's a loser's mentality. That's, I'm just going to come here to get paid, and I don't care about winning. 
That's why Dallas is a laughing stock of the NFL. You see every year Cowboys fans saying, oh, it's our year, you know, we've got a pretty good team, um, got a good offense, the defense, you know, they've got some players here and there. Well, no, your defense doesn't want to give effort. That's why they give up 49 points in an NFL game. It's just wild, man. It's wild, and, and, and uh, you know, I know there's a lot of people that, that didn't make it even to college to play football. You know, I'm, I'm one of them, right? I love, I love the game. I love to play. You know, I just I wasn't there, right? I wasn't there as an athlete. But I would give everything to be in his position right now. Give an effort, trying my hardest. I just, man, I, I can't believe he said that, you know. But, you know, it is what it is. They'll move on and they'll be a, you know, 7 and 9, 8 and 18 because they've got guys on their team that feel that way. And it just isn't going to work. It just isn't going to work. Bet you ain't got nobody on the Chiefs that's willing to say that, right? Ravens, Seahawks, Packers. You ain't got anybody on those teams that are willing to say that because they're trying to give their all to being great and winning games. So moving on, we're going to talk a little college football. Um, I don't know if you guys have seen this today or, or, or not, but uh, Kansas Jayhawks coach Les Miles has tested positive for COVID. Prayers with him for sure in that situation. But I think that's just kind of a jump start to, uh, to talk about um, COVID and where it's kind of put, uh, you know, just the NCAA as a whole, uh, where it's put them today. Um, obviously, the games you watch, there's, there's not hardly any fans, if any fans at all, right? Uh, players are being tested. Guys are missing games here and there. Uh, guys are opting out. Uh, seasons are taking place later. It's been a wild year, right? We knew it was going to happen. You know, I'm, I'm thankful they're making this effort to play the games, right? Um, we'll see what happens with the playoff. I mean, because that could be entirely out of the picture um, with the way things have, have gone. But I saw something today that was kind of was kind of wild. Um, but I, I think it's just coming because all the things that are happening in the NFL right now, and, and the SEC came out today and said that they're they're gonna really look at um, this COVID issue, and that if if you make um, if you make protocol violations, that you have potential for your university to get fined, um, even banned. Um, so. <laughs> Uh, for the season, I mean, so uh, it was Greg Sankey, the SEC commissioner, sent this uh, memo out to the athletic directors and coaches about how, uh, you know, I'll just kind of read through a little bit of it. Um, the memo states that the programs whose coaches, staff, or other personnel fail to adhere to the, <coughs> sorry, to the approved task force requirements will be, be assessed a $100,000 reduction in conference revenue, so they're going to lose out on money. The amount will increase by $100,000 for each subsequent week of non-compliance, right? So seeing this, you know, you think about the coaches and their face coverings, you think about the testing, you think about, you know, guys, um, you know, not doing what they're supposed to do. And 
I know that the face covering has been like a huge deal, and it's hard to find these universities, right? Not like the NFL where they just find a coach and the coach has to pay it. Find the organization, the organization has to pay it, which they have been hefty fines, right? Uh, we've seen that, but um, you know this this uh, article here that that I'm reading, it, it talks about you know the the coaches that have failed to wear or have improperly wore their their face coverings. Uh, Mike Leach was one of them mentioned. Uh, Jimbo Fisher was another one. Um, so you know these these conferences are doing probably what they need to do and taking swift action. And the the thing of it is, is you look at the NFL right now and and all the the headlines and the you know with the Titans and are the Titans going to get um, the the forfeit, which we'll talk about. A little bit later, is that going to be their punishment for this violation? It's two weeks in a row. They're not going to be able to play because guys are still getting sick. They went out together and did the workouts, you know. So I think it's just it's it's a good it's it's a good decision by the SEC, right? It's going to have to be a decision that a lot of these conferences make if their coaches, if the players, if the universities don't continue to strive to to make this work, right? It's going to have it's going to have to happen. But, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, what, what do you do, right? Just do what they ask. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's as simple as that. You know, it's, it's, it's hard to see these, um, like uh, Les Miles today has been tested positive. There's been a lot of players with OU that um, have tested positive that didn't get to play, especially in that first game, throughout the throughout this COVID season, the off season, you know, guys were in uh, protocol, guys were, you know, in quarantine. There was pro pro uh, position groups that were, you know, way behind, right? There was guys that were doing the contract, the contact tracing. I mean, just everything, right? There's so much that goes into this. And what do the, these conferences and schools need to continue to do is continue to try to make it work. But they've got to go by the guidelines. They've got to remember to do what they're supposed to do. Like Mike Leach wearing his face covering. You know, it might not be comfortable, right? But it, that's how you continue to be able to do what you love, continue to, to uh, play the games, continue to, you know, uh, push for wins and and just playing football, right? That's, that's what, you know, has been asked of them. So what do they got to do? They got to have that reminder, right? And I think the SEC is doing, you know, a good thing about, about warning them of fines and bans. Because that's the only way that it's going to get done, right? That's the only way that that uh, you know it, that it's going to. There's going to be a reminder for these for these universities that this is the real deal, you know. And if you guys want to play, like you've said you you wanted to from the beginning, then you've got to make what's right, right? You got to do you got to do what's right, and uh, you know, putting out fines is is probably the right thing to do. Um, but. You know, this college football season has, has already been <laughs> pretty wild, right? I mean, it's been it's been a wild um, it's been a wild ride already, especially for you know uh, the Sooners and and uh, you know guys that have opted out, guys that you know are injured, guys that are on the COVID list. I mean, it's just been crazy. But you know, you just learn through this season how to cope, right? You gotta have guys that step up, and uh, you know it's gonna be interesting to see for sure what happens down the line, you know. Um, you see it in the NFL right now, and I'll talk about that here. You see it in the NFL right now with the Titans. Um, the Patriots have had two positive tests now with players 
there's been some practice squad guys here and there. There's been a, a couple of uh, you know actual uh, starters on the on the uh, main team, the NFL teams that have been um, you know on the COVID list. But it's just going to show that you know you have to be careful. The NBA made the bubble. The NFL just isn't in a place to do that. It's just not going to happen. There's too many guys. There's too many organizational pieces. There's too many. There's just too many things involved with the uh, NFL to be able to do that and and do that um, with a with a clear conscience, right? But it comes down to these players, you know. I mean, they made this last one made a decision. These 15 players or whatever they're talking about. Um, made a decision to practice outside of the facility when the facility was closed for a reason. There's a COVID outbreak in the Tennessee Titans organization. Well, to, to kind of try to, to uh, stall that or to, to take that away, that aspect away, they close the facility down. Well, what do the players go out and do? 15 of them go out and practice outside of the facility. And now look at them. Two more, two or three more have been, te- or I think it's maybe up to four now, since this weekend that have tested positive. The NFL caught word of it, you know, and now we're talking about them having to forfeit games. I mean, and, and so fines, these fines and these, these uh, allegations, I mean, you just got to be smart. You know, you've got to be smart. I get it. You want to get out of the house. You don't want to worry about getting the co- you know, getting COVID. A lot of these athletes are probably in good shape to, to recover. You know, I, I understand it. But at the same time, you've got to look out for your teammates, you got to look out for those guys in the organization. And if you want to play, then don't do things that are going to hinder you from that, right? It's just crazy to me to think that, you know, these these guys, you know, these players thought it would be okay to go outside of the facility that's closed because of your teammates having COVID. There's a potential that you've been um, exposed and, and contracted the virus and just don't know it yet. And then these guys just get together and they just, you know, outside and, and play football and, and work out and to get, I mean, it's just, it's just wild to me, right? It's just, it's just crazy, you know, and, and uh, there's, you know, there's a lot of talk and a lot of buzz today that I've saw about um, the Titans have to for, forfeit these games and they were undefeated. If they have to forfeit the Pittsburgh one too, that's two games they've lost. You know, they're three and two now. So these guys have to be smarter, man. You know, they know right, they know wrong, okay? They, they, they understand. Actually, Stephon Gilmore was the third player for New England. Look at New England, though, in that respect, man. They've kind of been able to control it. Tennessee ain't. Maybe Tennessee needs to be calling New England. I don't know. But I saw this as well, um, you know, speaking about the Titans, that the Tennessee Titans were informed, <laughs> Right? They were informed of rules prior to players' informal workouts, right? The group of players, they held this workout, and now there's been 23 positive tests of COVID-19 since uh, September 24th, with another one getting it uh, today, Thursday. That's crazy, man. But yet, you have this breakout, right? The NFL gives you the opportunity to make it up against Pittsburgh on, I think it's week eight. And then you got guys that just go out without a clear conscience. Who cares, right? They go out, and now there's, uh, I think there's been three more since this weekend. Three or four more uh, positive tests since this weekend, man. It's just crazy. Mike Vrabel said October 1st that players were told not to hold any group workouts. This is what he said. He said, we've asked our players in light 
of the recent test to not gather, whether that's a league protocol or us asking them that, uh, so that we can just avoid those close contacts and that we can try to work through this and get back into the building to prepare for Buffalo as quickly as possible. Well, that didn't happen, coach, right? Tenny Hill said this, uh, the quarterback, he said, it's going to look a little different or a little bit different for everybody. What they're able to do, where they're able to work out, in a garage, in a gym somewhere, I'm not even sure. So, I mean, I get that aspect, right? You just, you, you feel like you've got to work out, but be smart about it, right? Don't gather together after there's a COVID outbreak. It's just making things worse. I mean, the Titans obviously aren't going to play this weekend. I mean, there's no way, right? If they play this weekend, I, I don't know how they're going to get it done. I mean, unless it's like, a, unless they do like a, a Monday night or a Tuesday or maybe even, I mean, but I think they, I think uh, one of, I think the Bills or either them or the Bills play on the Thursday, so they can't. You know, it's just really putting somebody in a bind. So I just, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know what, I don't know what they're going to do. I guess we'll just have to wait and see. Uh, I think it's just getting kind of late for them to make a decision except for postponing or even canceling or even Tennessee having to forfeit because of punishment. So be on the lookout for that. I mean, it's just absolutely wild what's going on in college, what's going on in the NFL. We knew it was probably coming. I get it, you know, but, but it's got to be a smarter decision by the players, the coaches, the staffs. They've all got to make a conscious effort to stay away from the COVID, right? To stay away from all of it. I know that, you know, you can pick it up anywhere. I get it, okay? But you have to be smart about it. You have to do what's right. You have to do what's right for your family. You have to do what's right for your brothers on the team, right? And the and the staff in the building and the coaches and all of it. So it's just a, it's just got to be an effort by all of them. And uh, we'll see where it goes from here. I mean, it's, it's going to be really, really interesting to see you know, if these, if these teams can really control it. I mean, these guys are going to see each other on the fields on, on Sundays and Mondays and Thursday nights playing, so they're going to see each other. So what if there's a COVID case and then a contract contact tracing? I mean, it's just it's crazy. It's crazy. Um, but it's interesting to see, and it makes things interesting for us fantasy football players too, um, trying, to, trying to figure out our teams through this COVID season because if you've got somebody on Tennessee and – Somebody on Buffalo, you know, you're pretty much uh, – that's just a wash in that in that regard. You're going to have to figure something out. But anyways, just, you know, my word to the players are just be smart, right? Just be smart. Did you guys see the uh, report about Russell Westbrook? He left the $8,000 tip. For the hotel staff in the bubble. Man, I thought that was really generous of him. I thought it was really cool. It just uh, reminds us, you know, sometimes that that these players, <clears throat> these players are real people, right? They're real people, grew up in real homes, you know. Just because they're pro athletes doesn't mean that there's not a, um, there's not a person there, right? They're people. I thought it was super cool. I thought it was just an amazing gesture by him. I thought that um, it just seemed like something Russell would do. He's just that kind of guy. Um, and that's the example that, that we need to see. You know, my, I, I want my son to be able to see that example, to be able to see that it's, it's good to be generous. It doesn't matter your status. It doesn't matter, you know, where you've come from, whatever. It's good to be generous. And I thought that was really, really cool. I thought that was a great 
you know, heartwarming story about about him leaving the $8,000 tip for the hotel staff. That's great. And I'm glad that it was out there and thrown out there in, into the uh, world's eyes to see. Um, just, uh, you know, hand clap to Russell Westbrook today, you know, for that. Um, just, a, just a wonderful guy. I mean, uh, you know, he seems like a fiery competitor. You know, he throws his arms around. He cusses a little bit <laughs> during the game. He barks at the referees. You know, he gets after his teammates. But... He's just a genuine person, man. You know, just a great, great gift for that hotel staff. I'm sure they were super happy, super excited, and thankful um, for Russell and, and his gift there. I know that when he was here and he won the All-Star MVP, the All-Star MVP always gets a car in Ukiah. He said, I don't need it. Let me give it to a, let me give it to a single mother, you know, raising a kid, and he did. And just, just incredible. I love it. Um, so keep doing things like that, Russell. Those are the stories that I want to see, man, um, out there. And, uh, you know, I'm hoping that, that these guys, you know, continue to just allow themselves to be a person, you know, allow themselves to work in the community, right? That's what the, that's what the uh, world needs is these guys to, uh, you know, step up and do things like that. So great job, Russell Westbrook. Super, super cool. Um, another thing I saw is that the Lakers switched to the Black Mamba jerseys, right? For game number five, it's over, <laughs> right? I think we all can agree, you know, the Lakers will, will get it done tomorrow night on ABC. Um, I'm looking forward to it. You know, it's been a, it's been pretty, pretty cool. Uh, it's been interesting to watch the bubble. Um, I didn't really know what to think of it when they first had the idea and they, they decided to go through with it and have the rest of the season. I didn't really know what to think. I thought maybe they should just pack everything up and, you know, move on to the next year. But, you know, it's been really, really neat. It's been interesting to see. I think the guys have maybe enjoyed it. You know, the basketball, it's like a huge AAU tournament. Guys have been breakout stars in it because of that. I think the pressure isn't really there. Um, the sacrifices that they've had to make with not being able to see their families for so long. I mean, and now, you know, fortunately they're getting their families back in the bubble. Um, you know, they're allowed a certain amount of people from their family to get to go and watch the games and get to hang out with, uh, you know, at the, at the hotels and be around them and stuff. So that's pretty cool. But, uh, you know, hats off to Adam Silver and the rest of the staff, um, you know, of the NBA and, the Players Association and all of that for getting this together. It's been good. Um, I know that it'll be a ceremony for the ages um, when obviously the Lakers will, you know, get it done. Uh, but hey, you know, like I've said, don't don't count the heat out just yet. And I'm sure LeBron has been in their ear, um, his teammates' ears, about how they lost, went up, or went down, or they won. They beat the Warriors, you know, when they were down three to one, and they ended up winning the championship that year. Thing for Cleveland so I'm sure LeBron has been in there you know in their uh, ears and letting them know hey we've got to go out there and play it ain't over yet um, but man I just don't see the Lakers losing this one I think LeBron and company are going to get it done on Friday and uh, you know it'll be a bittersweet deal for them I'm sure uh, to get the championship and you know probably have an asterisk by it for the rest of uh, time but uh, you know, I'm looking forward to it on Friday, and they're going to be in the Black Mama uniforms. I love Kobe. You know, it, it really, uh, it really hurt my heart. You know, when he passed him and uh, Gigi passed, and uh, you know, in the plane crash, and it, it hurt. 
you know, obviously I think it hurt a lot of people. I grew up watching Kobe Bryant. You know, I was a Lakers fan, loved the Lakers, him and Shaq, and then later on him and Gasol and, and such. And, you know, uh, it's cool that they're honoring him in that way and they're going to wear those jerseys and go out and hopefully win, win one for him in the year that he died. And that's, you know, that's a really cool and touching story right there. Uh, and they're going to go and get it done. I know they will. And, uh, you know, uh, really cool thing. They're going to wear the Black Mama jerseys on Friday. And I think something that's been mentioned is they don't lose in those jerseys. So I think they might uh, be getting it done on Friday night. We will see at 8 o'clock. Uh, uh, Clippers um, executive, Lawrence Frank, he used to coach, but now he's the executive there with the Clippers, won the NBA executive of the year. There's no way. <laughs> Again, the Oklahoma City Thunder have been um, shafted of an award. Dennis Schroeder should have been the sixth man of the year. No contest. And now Sam Presti <laughs> gets, you know, uh, second place in this. There's no way, man. There's, I get it. He brought Kawhi there. He got Paul George there. But what do they do? The Thunder actually overachieved. You know, Sam got good uh, quality players from it. He got good picks. But yet, he doesn't win the executive of the year. We had a better record this season. We had a better record with, with the guys that we had. The, the overachieving guys that we had, right? It would have been incredible to watch a full season with them, right? But yet, he doesn't win it. It's just crazy to me, man. I, I feel like it's just a popularity award. And, you know, a lot of times, you know, they don't get it right because that, that's not right. There's no way that Sam didn't win that. There is absolutely no way that Sam Presti didn't win the executive of the year. And it's just crazy to me, right? All the moves that he made, all the, you know, the achievements that they had that, that nobody thought they would do, right, or get even anywhere close to where they got, just applaud him today, man. I, I would say he is the NBA executive of the year by far and away um, because the Clippers didn't really overachieve. You know, they kind of, well, they obviously underachieved in the playoffs before the season. I mean, they were just okay, you know. But, man, didn't get it. Um, Thunder overachieved all year, you know, with the talent they had and the guys that they lost and but whatever, you know. I guess... I guess Lawrence Frank is the better GM in that in that case, executive of the year, and I mean we'll just go from there. But Sam and the Thunder once again, you know, <laughs> shafted on a on a NBA award. So it is what it is, I guess. You know, Doc Rivers uh, now with Philadelphia. Uh, you know, I was thinking about this uh, the other day. <clears throat> uh, I was thinking about it, and you know. Wonder what he's gonna do. Wonder what he's good, gonna do. You know, because they've had Brett Brown for you know a while now, and he's obviously hasn't got him anywhere with the amount of talent that's come come through uh, Philadelphia. But uh, what 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 is Doc gonna do for this team? I think number one, he's got to make Ben Simmons not a point guard, right? Ben Simmons is not the point guard of the team. Um, people are like, oh, he's LeBron type. No, he's not. No, he's not. Ben Simmons. In my opinion, since he's been in the league, has been soft, and he's not a good shooter. I right? dude can't hit a three. He cannot hit a shot. He can't hit a free throw. He can't hit a mid-range shot. 
he's like a Giannis. He's going to get to the bucket. I think Giannis is a better shooter than him, and that's pretty bad because Giannis is not at all a good shooter. What is Doc going to do with the 76ers? Well, I think, number one, they have to think about Ben Simmons for a second. I think Joel Embiid, he's kind of uh, off the table. I think he's a guy that you've got to keep. He's kind of a head case sometimes. He lets his mouth get the best of him here and there, but he's an incredible player, you know, a good shooter. He's a good rebounder, you know, he, as long as he can stay healthy, right? What are they going to do with Ben Simmons? I think if you keep him on the team, you've got to tell him, hey, you're not the point guard. You're not the leader of this team, right? And, uh, you know, they tried and tried and tried to get all these different guys. I know Markel Fultz, he's kind of struggled. He actually looked decent with Orlando this year. He was a point guard that they thought about. J.J. Redeker was run out. Um, just, you know, guys here and there uh, just didn't cut it, you know, that couldn't, couldn't coexist with those guys. So what does Doc do? You know, Doc is a good coach. He's, he's been a good coach everywhere he's gone. He's won a championship with the Celtics. But what do they do? You know, I, I, think, I think either you've got to get rid of Ben Simmons or you've got to get the ball out of his hands. I think Ben Simmons would be an incredible um, – he's a good defender, right? I mean, he's, he's big. He's, he's agile. You know, he's long, length. Uh, he's got some length. Uh, but he's just not – he's just not a point forward. I, I just don't see it. He's got to get – they've got to figure out a way to get a point guard in there and just say, hey – you know, you rim run, you run the floor, you get in transition, you play good defense, you be a 15 to 20 point scorer, you know, and, uh, you know, you get rebounds, but go to the basket. Relying on him to be anything, you know, outside, like an outside player is not is not going to cut it. So you've either got to get, get rid of him by trade, um, release him, whatever you've got to do, or you've got to make him in the player that he needs to be. It's going to be interesting to see what Doc can do with him. Um, you know, can, can he make him into the player that Ben Simmons honestly could be? Um, he could be an all-star type guy, I mean, honestly. But he's got, to, he's got to realize that he can't be the number one. He's going to have to coexist with Joel. You know, and he's, he's going to have to get away from trying to be the point guard all the time. And I think they could win some ball games with Doc. Doc's in a good place, man. Um, I think he got out of a situation that he's probably needed to be out of for a while <laughs> in uh, L.A., um, you know, and, and obviously they're going to get a new coach, and, and it'll probably be best for them. Um, I think it was his time was up in, in Los Angeles, and I think, you know, the jump that he's making over to the, uh, to the Sixers is a, is a good leap, man. It's a, it's a different kind of team. It's a team that doesn't really have an identity yet. Um, and I think he's a guy that can come in and bring them an identity. Man, I would love, I would love to see him try to make a Ben Simmons more like a Kevin Gar uh, Kevin Garnett. I mean, honestly, I would love to see it. You know, a guy that you know is a defensive nightmare. Okay, will get rebounds. Um, he wasn't, but that's the thing is, did Ben Simmons? Does Ben Simmons have the mentality that Kevin Garnett did? Kevin Garnett didn't take anything from anybody, right? He was, was hard-nosed. He wasn't soft. You know, he was a trash talker. And I just don't know if Ben Simmons can be like that. But um, let's call him a mild Kevin Garnett. But a guy that plays like that, you know, a good defender, you know, no nonsense. Um, a guy that, that gets to the basket, you know, that can maybe hit a mid-range here and there, uh, uh, get rebounds. Just... Uh, Obviously, they're, they're two different players, but they have kind of the same skill set. They have the same kind of 
size other than the shooting, I guess, on the skill set side of things. Kevin Garnett wasn't a bad shooter. He could hit that mid-range jumper. But what does Doc do with him, man? What, is, what does Doc do with, with uh, Ben? You know, obviously, Joel is an all-star. He's a good player, an all-NBA type of player if he stays healthy. Um, lets his mouth get the best of him sometimes. But, you know, I think he's a, he's a guy that's, you know, obviously could carry a team. Um, he looked lost in the playoffs by himself. <laughs> he just, you know, couldn't get it done. He just, you know, poor guy was playing all those minutes, man, and having to do everything on his own, carry the team on his back, and they just weren't – it just didn't work. Um, but what what's Doc going to do? I think Doc's going to do a good job in Philly. I think he's got maybe a rejuvenated spirit. It's a new chance for him to show how good of a coach he is. It's a new team, new group of players. Uh, situation he's new to that he hasn't been in for ten years, so I'm 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 looking forward to seeing what he can do. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing what the Thunder can do. I talked about it yesterday um, with the, with the coach that they bring in. I, I'm looking forward to seeing what Billy can do with Chicago. Um, you know, it's a different situation for him. You know, Billy got here and he had Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook. What can he do in Chicago now with some young guys, some young talent guys that could really get him to the playoffs? Maybe need one more piece, um, you know, especially a a, a, um, a big. Um, but what can he do? Uh, just a lot of questions around the league, and and I'll, I'm looking forward to the off season. See who stays. See who goes to new teams. See who gets traded. Um, what does the NBA landscape look like next year? You're gonna obviously the Warriors are gonna be back healthy. Um, the Nets are gonna be with Kevin Durant now and Kyrie. We'll see how that goes. Um, just a lot of answers, you know, that'll happen. Uh, unanswered things that'll happen uh, will will be answered in the off season. So I'm looking forward to it. I think next year's NBA season is going to be so much better than this one, even um, even with the pandemic and the bubble and all that. Um, I just think the landscape of the NBA is going to be pretty spread out. There's going to be good teams in the East. There's going to be good teams in the West. So we're going to see what happens there. I'm looking forward to it.